Fiddler on the roof, Rumpelstiltskin. Yes. Is it Rumpelstiltskin? Nope. It's, that's that that <laughs> one's about like a little Jewish chimney sweeper or something. Okay. All right. So it's anti-Semitic. Yeah, everything usually is. Okay. When you really get down to it, I found was it. I think I found out who wrote that. Washington Carver. Is that him? George Washington Carver. Yeah. Did he write that book? Fiddler on the roof. No, Rumpelstiltskin. I don't know. Fiddler on the roof is the. Yeah, it's Pedophile a Pedophile yeah. abductor, right? Yeah, yeah. So Rumpelstiltskin, you think, was written by George Washington Carver. <laughs> I think so. All right, well, let's <laughs> Give see. Give her a Google. Rumpelstiltskin is a German fairy tale. It was collected oh. by the Brothers Grimm in the 1812 edition of Children's <laughs> and Household Tales. So I don't think it was George Washington Carver. <laughs> but I like your gumption. Well, I'm just going to... I think, because Phil and I were talking about him, because we just hit our 100th episode. R- congrats. And, thank you. And he... It was something about Columbus. Why can't I even remember now? He made he like made up a fictional. He wrote about Christopher Columbus, but it was like a fictional kind of like Hunter S. Thompson type writing, oh. and everyone took that as fact, like Gonzo journalism. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't actually fact, and everything. All these things about Columbus, people assume are what happened, but it was actually because of his book. Well, he's still a huge piece of shit, <laughs> Columbus, right? Well, we got, we were arguing because not arguing, but. I had heard that his uncle or something funded him to kind of just, like, try to find the land, but he didn't really care if he never came back or whatever. Mm. And he kind of, like, accidentally found North North America. Yeah, he was supposed to go to India and trade spices. Yeah, so it it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. It was, uh, it's interesting. All right. He's, He's... But then again, I was like, God, I did hear that on this, like, weird Templar connection thing. And it was kind of a conspiracy hole. So I don't really know. Chris Columbus, still an agent of imperialism, <laughs> still a problem, still a threat. I don't like him. <laughs> I feel like he was a doofus, though. Bit of a what doofus. Do you think so? Yeah, he thought America was India. How stupid do you have to be? <laughs> I said he was basically like uh, Mr. Magoo stumbling into North America, essentially. Mm-hmm. One more thing. No, that's Clouseau. Never mind. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Columbus Podcast. Hell yeah. Bumblebutt Podcast, <laughs> the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? This week, it's all of us because it's the stunning, shocking conclusion of Richard Chase. And yeah. uh, uh, my name is Adam, and the person that's going to talk about it for real is Cody, and hello, that's Adam. him. Hello, How are you? How was your week? Oh, it was another... Another solid week, to be honest. Was it? Yeah. You enjoyed the week, first week of March. Good weather. Good weather. Yeah, it was, actually. I was well, able to sit out snow? on the stoop. What day did it snow? There was one morning it snowed, or like early afternoon. I, actually, we need to blame you for starting that. 
because we had recorded, and I think on our Bumbles with Katie, you said, oh, did you know March is actually the snowiest month? It is. And we were talking about how nice it was, and then literally the next day it was fucking snowing. Yeah. Well, so that's going to keep happening. You're, okay, you're a weatherman, sir. When the hot and the cold <laughs> get together in the upper atmosphere, they hate mm. each other, they fight each other, and it makes uh, a little cold, when or it, not a cold, a snow or a rain. <laughs> when a polar vortex and a heat wave uh, meet, or I Never was going to say that in, be... in the uh, erotic, when a, <laughs> when a polar vortex meets a heat wave... And they connect, it creates an annoying blizzard for the mm. citizens of Minnesota. It comes all over us. It comes its snowflakes mm. all over the place. Well, yes, it does seem like 50s from here on out. Oh, it's Snow looking is good. melting 63 everywhere. 63 tomorrow, they Ooh. said. Are you kidding me? You know how many wild Minnesotans I saw walking around today all willy-nilly? Oh, my gosh. With their legs exposed, probably? I, <laughs> I drive by the, is it the Walker... Walker Arts Center? Yeah, and they have all the statues uh-huh, out there. Uh-huh. So many wild Minnesotans just sure. wandering around, holding hands, looking at the, the, Statue the life. statues that they've probably seen 50 million times already. They just wanted to get outside. Yeah, they wanted to breathe in non-stale, fart-smelling <laughs> air, probably. And hear me coming from work, I'm like, can I please get the fuck home now? Can I fart in my room <laughs> yes. so I can get the smell exactly I to, how I like it? I need it? to smell my own flatulence. Yeah. Yeah. I need to feel relaxed it's via a comfort my... level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so are we ready to get in this bad uh, boy? I don't see why we wouldn't be. <sighs> Honestly, when I was finishing this up this week, I'm like... Your little tummy got hurt? Well... Not that. I'm just like, I kind of am going to feel bad about having to read some of this stuff, mm. but we, you know, this is kind of comes with the territory of true crime and we'll get through it together. I hate to say it, but this is the money shot of the whole series. <laughs> this is the cum shot of the series. I'm, right uh, here. I'm, uh, I'm talking secretly so that only <laughs> you and the audience can hear me, but uh, this one's going to be pretty brutal. <laughs> All right, here we go. Picking up where we left off, Richard had just arrived at Beverly Manor, which is which was a specialty mental health center that was going to use psychopharmacology to try to help him. They're going to be using the bleeding edge mm. of psychotropic drugs to try and uh, uh, s- uh, soothe, shock him straight. Soothe them a little bit. Mm. Uh, this still happens today. You know, people go for a uh, sprained toe and get their Oxycontin and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's psychopharmacology. <laughs> Richard's time at Beverly Manor would prove to be more beneficial than any other hospital he had ever visited previously. One of the biggest changes that seemed to help him was the fact that the hospital allowed him to roam the grounds during the day so it didn't feel so much like a prison, Mm. which was great, especially for a paranoid person like Richard Chase. This really helped keep him calm. Sure. Now, the biggest challenge was to figure out the right concoction of medications to help silence the voices and quell the delusions going on in his head. Interestingly, when Richard started his medications, he didn't have any sort of reservations about taking his pills when they handed them to him, but the food the cooks made for all the patients made him paranoid that they had poisoned it. Yeah, because it would be, no, it would be too easy to Mm. disguise the pills as poison. Mm. Those are obviously safe. (laughs) They're putting the real bad stuff in the food, which people are compelled to eat to stay alive. I didn't even think about this, but Cold War is going on right now. Truly. How scared 
eat like Russian spies, all of that. Like, I mean, how many times did they try and clip Castro by putting <laughs> something in his milkshake or something? <laughs> Dude, Phil talked about that. The CIA trying to kill him. And it's just like, it's fucking like something out of a cartoon. It's an uncountable number of <laughs> times that they seriously tried to do Acme shit. <laughs> I to know. kill someone. Like poison cigars and just goddamn fucking clowns. Who's, who's running that shit back then? Jesus Christ. The clown guys. intelligence agency. <laughs> they would come to find out that Richard's first batch of medications didn't work out because they started to cause Richard Richard to have tremors around his body and would eventually find him laying face down on the floor. <laughs> Richard would say his whole body had gone numb, and he, in his head, just assumed that he had died. This is it. <laughs> so naturally, they would need to make a few changes to his <laughs> daily pills. <sighs> now, Richard Chase was not the easiest patient to deal with. Eventually, the nurses who had to attend to him would start to trade shifts just to avoid tr having to deal with him. Damn. Occasionally, a nurse would come into the room to find Richard with blood all over his face with no apparent source from where it had came from. Okay. Richard was constantly talking about his obsession with blood and how much he needed to transfer life energy into his body. So they, wait, where I want to know we're, where the blood came from. We'll get into that, okay. I promise you. Okay, the blood on his face, we'll, we'll find out where it came from? They will find out as well. All right. He would go into graphic detail with the medical staff about all the animals he had tortured and murdered, specifically how much he enjoyed killing those rabbits. And those doctors were like, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> and if your mom would have liked you, you could have been where I am instead of where you are. I mean, we kill people legally. We, you just kill them. Hey, as kids, doctors and serial killers love to pick apart animals. It's true. Just one of their dads said, hey. Let's uh, funnel this into education. And one of their dads said, you have a small penis <laughs> and hit him with a belt. Well, I'd hope to God if you go into a minute clinic, they're not like trying to steal your life essence from you. <laughs> they try to drink, <laughs> drink your blood. Just need a little incision here and I'm going to take a little golf of this. <laughs> mm. Life essence. <laughs> because of all of that, the medical staff would start to call him Dracula. Mm. Another interesting thing was when they soon discovered he was hiding all sorts of food items around his room, <laughs> more specifically, pieces of bread. At first glance, you'd assume he was doing this because of fear of his food being poisoned, but it was actually for another reason. Richard was using little pieces of bread to lure birds to his window. Okay. When a little birdie would land to collect said bread, Richard would grab it, snap its head off, and then quickly drink the blood pouring out of its neck. Yeah. The reason they didn't put two and two together in regards to him having blood all over his, over his face was because he was flushing the corpses of the birds down the toilet. Man, that's a wide-throated <laughs> toilet, if it'll take a bird. If the, if, if the birds were too big to be flushed, he would throw them out the window okay, again. Okay. How they didn't find corpses of headless birds outside of his window, <laughs> I don't know, but... There's uh, this pile of headless birds <laughs> outside Dick's window. We should... Uh, Maybe we should look into this. We should here. ask him about it. Like, it's literally like his little uh, pop-top Pez dispenser. <laughs> he just pops it off, gulps it, and flushes them down the toilet there. That's very clever, though. 
Like to know to put little pe- pe- things of bread there to get the birds to come in. That's sure. fucking nuts. Jesus. They, they represented him on Mindhunter with a bird, too. He threw it at the fan, right? No, that was Richard Speck. That was Richard Speck. <laughs> that was Brad's boy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently that actually did happen. I'm sure once we cover him, we'll God learn damn. about that. Now, according to the author Ryan Green... This discovery of the birds caused two of the nurses to quit on the spot because it was just way too much insanity for them. They're like, I know I work at a nut house, but this is insane. Now, it, he speculates at this point the hospital might have came to the conclusion that Richard Chase might have been suffering from Renfield syndrome or clinical vampirism, although... Neither of those are actually recognized by the DSM. Okay. Um, I was know, excited for a second. You know what? who Renfield is, From correct? the Draculas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the weird ghoul caretaker <laughs> who, like, eats bugs and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, like, they, they, this is, like, a thing people actually, like, kind of suffer from, but it's not recognized in, like, the mental health journals, I guess, or whatever guide the DSM thing, which is kind of interesting. Like Morgellons. Mm, Morgellons. What the fuck is that? Sounds like a dish. It's where you think you have all these little, like, infections all over you, these little bumps. Okay. And then you pull it out, and it's, like, nylon threads, like, long nylon threads that are in your skin you th- they think this this actually happens or is this fake i've i've looked into it a lot <laughs> i think it's a mental illness okay fake but okay. i also don't know because there's pictures and it's, it's but i i can never look at them too long because they're too yucky <laughs> are the pieces of string just hair they're like bi- nylon filament strings okay well maybe they should look into being maybe they've been abducted or something yeah Who's doing fucking Barry Sotero again? It's Morgellon. (laughs) (laughs) Now, even after all those crazy antics from Richard during his time at Beverly Manor, the hospital actually got his mental illness under pretty solid control after figuring out the right combination of meds. Mm. But one person was determined to see all this progress flush down the toilet. Is it Mommy Dearest? It is. It's old Beatrice. Yeah. Now, Beatrice had been appointed as Richard's legal guardian and conservator by the courts in June of 1976, and apparently she didn't like the fact that people might be talking about her son in a bad manner Mm -hmm. now that he was in a mental hospital. Mm -hmm. Looks bad around the neighborhood. We remember how obsessed she is about that. She wanted to be a little nuclear family. (laughs) So on September 29th, 1976, Beatrice decided that she wanted to have her son discharged from the care of the staff at Beverly Manor. His discharge paperwork states that Richard's social skills had improved greatly his hypochondria was under control, and as long as he continued his medication, any of the more dangerous aspects of his mental illness would be kept under control. So, flash a flash cut to Mama Beatrice pouring all his pills down the toilet and th- ripping up this recommendation. Are you a seer? Because you've just saw into the future, Adam. Oh my God! I just, I she is such a fucking ass. It should have said he'll be absolutely fine as long as he stays away from Beatrice. Yeah, it's here's the thing though. Even if we're looking at this with kind of rose tinted glasses, right? If mm. she would have made sure, we'll we'll get into what she does. But if he would have stayed on his meds, I think he pr- might have been okay. Yeah. 
But that's what the doctors thought too. Yeah, but obviously that's not uh, gonna happen. That's here. not Beatrice's style, baby. <laughs> no. no one's gonna <laughs> put any chains on Beatrice. Not she happening. Does what she wants. I'm a free woman. I'm recapitulating <laughs> this melody. I'm a jazz artist. <laughs> When Richard returned home, he was definitely not the same person his mother remembered, but that was actually a good thing. He was calm, he wasn't constantly in a heightened state of anxiety, and even though his symptoms weren't 100% gone, by all accounts, he could have certainly lived a completely normal life. Mm. Because his mother now had control over his social security payments, she got him an apartment at the Watts Apartment Complex. His social security payments went directly to the landlord for rent. The groceries and utilities would be paid via some of the monthly money that Beatrice received from her in her divorce agreement from Richard Sr. Alimony. Right? I guess that is the proper term for that, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know, actually. I know that that's what uh, Linda Hogan named the boat she bought with Hulk Hogan's uh, (laughs) alimony. She called it all the money. Ah, very mm, clever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. But we remember Richard Sr. was like, we'll divorce. I'll pay you every month to help the kids or whatever, yeah. which is great. He, he did it right. If you want to get out of a relationship with that weird woman, <laughs> you did it the right way. Now, while we're certain Richard Sr. probably wouldn't have minded this scenario or that his money was going to feed Richard, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad part was he wasn't even informed that his son had been taken out of Beverly Manor. Great. Come on, dude. And he's the one that had to heartbreakingly <laughs> take him there in the yeah. last episode. God, he, Say, we're going to go somewhere where you can't be hurt anymore. And it was the fucking hospital. He's always the last one to find out uh, in these scenarios. Why is this always happening? Beatrice, like Jesus, why couldn't a piece of concrete fall on her head or something? <laughs> like right? So many things could have been better if Beatrice was dead. <laughs> now, between when he was discharged in September of 1976 and into a good chunk of 1977, Richard Chase did very well for himself. His mental health was kept under control. He wasn't causing any trouble. And thing, things seemed to be looking like he should be able to just continue on this path like a normal person sh- would be able to. He just needed to continue his bi-weekly medical appointments to monitor him and to continue to take his medications he was being prescribed. But sadly, someone saw fit to interrupt the progress that was being made on his mental state. Uh, I'm sure there's I'm sure there was a lot of heavily medicated sewer fish mm. when when Beatrice decided <laughs> to give him the old flusheroo. <laughs> From the sounds of it, Beatrice took Richard's newly found mental st- stability as all Richard's previous psychotic episodes were merely a side effect from his drug abuse and not an overarching mental illness. <laughs> Certainly. So between medical appointments, Richard found himself having a few less pills in his daily regiment every single day, which almost has to be Beatrice's doing simply because she had control of his money and she was the one who had to pick up his medications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the time came for Richard's conservatorship to be renewed in the courts, Beatrice decided to just let it lapse because Richard clearly could take care of himself at this point. With full control of his money now, Richard immediately ceased his payments of rent, which allowed for about $1,000 to back up into his account. Richard then decided to take that money 
and go on a little trip. Let's turn that money into fun, <laughs> Richard says. So he hopped on a Greyhound bus and headed up north to Washington State to spend a few weeks on his own. Vision quest. <laughs> this is, is this his third one now? Third vision quest. Third vision quest. Third and the best one. He then hopped on a bus and headed for Colorado, which he's been to like three times now. Yeah. Jesus, he loves it there. He never like goes too far away. Not, it's, not, like... it's always Washington and then Colorado. <laughs> I don't know what it is about those two places. Yeah, like go go a little more eastward. Yeah. Let's see what's <laughs> let's see what's going on in the rest of this big old country. While in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, Richard would gaze upon something that he just needed to have. A silver Ford Ranchero. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. He knows class oh, right yeah. here. <laughs> After purchasing the car, he would then drive it back to his mother's house in California. And now Richard finally had the set of wheels just like he had always wanted. Mm. Keep in mind, while this sounds like Richard is just living his best life, his mental health had been slowly deteriorating this entire time, which meant his paranoia and delusions were slowly beginning to poke out their pesky head. Man, we worked with this guy. Yeah. Did we? Okay, 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 okay. We'll get him out of there. (laughs) Being that Richard had been gone about a month on his little road trip, his mother got something that she had desired for quite some time. A little German Shepherd puppy. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah, I, I feel know. bad about their hips and stuff, but man, <laughs> At least cute. as a young puppy, their, their hips are spry and, yeah. and springy. Since Richard had canceled his rent, he was forced to live with his mother again and soon found that the little puppy seemed to have a weird aversion to him, which he wasn't particularly fond yeah, of. They they know when you're a killer of pets, <laughs> Richard, you fucking prick. To complete the serial killer version of Milo and Otis, the little German shepherd puppy had a friend in the form of a stray cat that hung out in the backyard, which would cause the little puppy to beg at the back door when he couldn't get outside to hang with his little cat friend. Mm. Within just a few weeks of living with his mother again, and add to the fact that he wasn't taking his medication, the old Richard Chase returned with a vengeance. I need that life essence. (laughs) which ultimately led to Richard committing another horrific act. It began one afternoon when Beatrice returned home to an eerily quiet home, considering there is usually a little hyper puppy running around. So happy. Yeah. Beatrice then noticed that Richard was in the bathroom, scrubbing his hands vigorously. But she also noticed he had specks of blood all over his face. After Beatrice made her way outside, she soon realized that Richard had viciously mutilated her little puppy, but it was somehow still alive when Beatrice discovered it, but it would ultimately have to be put down. Now, fuck. I... It doesn't go into detail how Good. he did this. Obviously, this is horrific, but I don't know how he was covered in blood and the dog was still alive, but it's so fucked up. Jesus, it's dark. Fuck. Now, after this, Richard made arrangements to return to the Watts Avenue apartment complex so he wouldn't have to continue to live with his mother. After he had been gone a few weeks, Richard decided to pay his mother a little visit. Right. The story goes that Beatrice heard a knock at the front door, and when she went to answer it, she noticed that it was Richard standing at her front door. Richard was holding the body of the stray cat that hung out in the backyard. So he came back to finish the job. Right. He was like, you you get nothing. Mm. I killed your little bitty baby 
beauty puppy and now this cat. Time for the cat. Yeah. Apparently, he was hoping to get some sort of reaction out of his mother, but Beatrice didn't make a single peep, almost like she knew this is what he was trying to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So Richard then tore the cat in half with his bare hands, Mm. collected the blood, and smeared it all over his face, again trying to get a rise out of her. Mm -hmm. But Beatrice remained stalwart and didn't say or do anything. After Richard left, she just took the carcass of the cat and buried it in the backyard, never mentioning this event to anybody. I feel like... Maybe somebody should have been told he did this. But that would bring shame and embarrassment Mm. among Beatrice. Mm. How many dead animals has she buried in her backyard at this point? It's a real cemetery. Yeah, it's... Maybe this is where Stephen King got the idea. Yeah. Just Richard Chase's backyard of all the pets he's killed. Holy shit. (laughs) Like, fucking... And she... Oh, does he doesn't need the medication. He doesn't need all that treatment. Uh, He doesn't have to go to the doctor twice a week richard's on drugs again that's all it is yeah. he's just on drugs again he's on that acid he's on that marijuana <laughs> he's he's ripping he's smoking, cats in half he's smoking the marijuana cigarettes again god yeah. damn it yeah see if like truth had this as their ad like richard chase tearing a cat in half it would nobody, make a lot more sense than the fried egg <laughs> yeah nobody would smoke marijuana ever again or the kid <laughs> melting in the couch. Yeah. Not as effective as a guy ripping a dead cat in half. I can't remember who sent me that meme of that. That kid is deflating. He's like, I saw this and I still decided to smoke weed. <laughs> or no, I saw this and I decided weed sounds pretty cool. <laughs> now we're talking. Let's now melt, melt into this into couch. The couch. <laughs> After Richard was once again left alone to his own devices, he began obsessing about all the usual things like he did previously, UFOs and things of that matter, but there were two things he found himself really interested in. Different conspiracies involving Nazis, and Mm. there were a series of murders happening around California that he began to become somewhat interested in. It turns out these murders would be the Hillside Stranglers, but they hadn't been caught yet. Still, Richard apparently was trying to figure out some way to come into contact with them, which oh. is really I, seems like a serial killer thing. Oh right? yeah, I mean that's they were all trying to one up each other and mm-hmm. collaborate with each other. I think they found like clippings or something that he was he was collecting in like little notes he was trying to send to him. Flippin Ramirez was mm. he loved the hillside stranglers too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they were two sick fucks, weren't they? Boy, California bred. <laughs> is that just because of their population, how much higher it is than I, everywhere else? I'm pretty certain. Because there was a lot in New York, too. Oh, uh, there was. There was, like, anywhere there's po- a huge high, population. Yeah, yeah. you're going to increase the number of odds of having a serial killer. Gosh, so. it was all around the same time, too. It's very right. fucking nuts. It is weird. I don't know what was going on. I guess the hippies made this, huh? <laughs> Golly. Along with Richard's usual paranoid-induced obsessions came another old habit of his, which was murdering cats and dogs around the neighborhood. Now, Richard would generally stalk the streets at night hunting for his prey, and I assume he's doing it this time not because he likes killing them, but mm. because he's so obsessed with consuming their life essence. <laughs> well, it's, it's important now. That's the only way he's going to be able to stay alive. Now, the interesting thing is there had to be some sort of self-awareness because what we do know is when the cops started poking around because of all of the missing pets, uh, Richard knew to start laying low. So he had some sort of 
intelligence in regards to avoiding detection, I guess, right? Yeah, he wasn't just the mindless killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Richard decided to take things a little further when it came to murdering animals as well, when he would stumble upon a missing dog or cat sign hanging on a street post. He would tear it off, call the owners at all hours, day or night, didn't matter, and he would inform them to quit looking for their pets because they were dead. Sometimes he would go into gruesome detail about he how he had mur- mutilated their pet. Mm. Can you imagine getting that phone call at three in the morning? This creepy son of a bitch. Okay, so they okay, you. so this was in response to the pets he already murdered. He knew he took okay. them. I got you. This so. I was thinking like. At first, I thought he was taking them down like bounty posters mm. and was hunting those pets specifically. But yeah, no, he was this trying fucking... to collect his bounty yeah. like a fucking Red Dead yeah. Redemption. <laughs> That's where my mind went. I took down the outlaw whiskers. <laughs> I'm here for my for my money. But no, he noticed that those were the pets that he murdered already. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's like, I, I, I'm assuming it's some sort of sick. What a cunt! Satisfaction he's getting out of it. I don't know. There was another one that did that too, right? I swear we talked about somebody that, but it was about people and not. Yeah, to, yeah. He yeah. would call them and tell them like, quit looking, they're dead or yeah. something. I can't remember who that was. Yeah, me neither. But soon, Richard found himself desiring life, es- life essence from larger prey. Rabbits, dogs, and cats just weren't sustaining him any longer. Mm. So Richard would hop in his ranchero and go on a little road trip, somehow ending up driving into Nevada. Uh, We've all been there, right? Nevada. Nevada. Okay. Completely uncertain of how how he had actually gotten here. Apparently, he just gets in the car. He's so lucid. He doesn't know where the fuck he's going. Just kind of... No, he's so not lucid. Oh, not lucid. Yeah, Yeah, he's just like... He's overcome by the desire to hit the open road (laughs) and ends up in fucking Nevada. You know, sometimes Nevada just sucks you in, right? Hey, at least least it's a new state. It's not (laughs) Washington or Colorado. True, I guess. And Well, it's close to California, I suppose, in driving distance, right? That's all he cares about. (laughs) Now, his road trip could have been because he started purchasing more weaponry, such as rifles, that he would take on his, quote, hunting trips. I don't know what he was hunting at this point. I'm assuming just animals of some kind. Hmm. And perhaps he decided he would just travel out further into the desert. Eventually, he would end up venturing into Pyramid Lake Reservation. You ever heard of this place? No, but I'm assuming it's a a Native American reservation. 100%. Yeah. Here he came upon a cattle farm. (laughs) Those are bigger than cats and dogs. (laughs) I kind of figured, at first I thought maybe he was going to go to a zoo, Mm. but no, cattle farm, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, that's a big, there's a lot of life essence. I mean, technically, you and I and other meat eaters uh, get life essence off of beef, right? Cattle farms all the time. Mm, Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily kill them ourselves but uh... i would if i had to but <laughs> right. i'll tell you what i love that someone else does it for mm-hmm. me and but that's also a terrible problematic thing we right. should all be vegan vegetarians probably probably it's probably. a terrible footprint for a delicious meat mm-hmm. or at least farm them more responsibly that would be a good way to yeah, go yeah yeah give it beer and massages <laughs> like the, Jerk the it off, kobe, whatever you kobe beef do. yeah do they jerk them off too or no? I don't think they red rocket them. Mm. I think it's just beer and, and shoulder rubs. Mm. Okay. All right. Now, he had been looking for bigger prey, so jumping from a dog to a giant ass cow would be perfect. Yeah, it just makes sense. But 
he wouldn't be able to kill this cow with his bare hands like he had done with all the others. He would have to use his rifle and a knife. After shooting the cow, he took a plastic bucket and let the blood drain into it. Mm -hmm. He would top it off by tearing out the liver of Mm -hmm. the cow. Mm -hmm. Now, in his mind, since he was in a wide open field, it was too dangerous for him to consume the life essence yet. So he would take the cow's liver and bucket of blood, return to his ranchero, and continue to drive further and further into the reservation until he came upon Pyramid Lake. He then parked his car and chugged as much of the cow's blood from the bucket as he could. Mm -hmm. He then used the cow's liver to smear blood all over his body. In his mind, perhaps... Like a sponge. Right. In his mind, perhaps, it it provided a layer of protection against the Nazi and UFO laser beams that were constantly striking him. Oh, he's a blood magician. (laughs) Like, he's trying to do blood magic right now. He's like that chick from uh, the second Dragon Age game. Did you play that one? I did, yes. That chick was awesome. Yep. That, like, nice elf who's <laughs> turns out to be a blood mage. And Which is awesome. so cool. Yeah. Fucking awesome. That's I think, powerful magic, my friend. I feel like my character had a lesbian relationship with her. I Yeah, I, I always go for the gay or lesbian mm-hmm. relationship. You got it, man. It's the, it's the best part. If they allow, Those are the only games that allow you to do it. In the Dragon Age Inquisition one, mm-hmm. that the newest one, I think it was, Inquisition, I played a little red-headed dwarf and immediately married the magic man. <laughs> it was it was that's it was, hot we fucked before i even had an army <laughs> i couldn't even i didn't finish that game but it was kind of fun yeah it was really repetitive yeah that's that was the impression i was getting mm-hmm. that was the impression i was getting once richard was covered in blood he headed out onto the beachfront to yell and scream at mm. the top of his lungs mm-hmm. Eventually, the police would locate the vehicle and followed the screams emanating from the beach richard would be arrested and at first They assumed he must have murdered someone, but after a bit of forensic testing, it became very apparent he wasn't covered in human blood, but it was cow's blood. They assumed he had just purchased the liver and blood from a butcher, so all the charges were dropped. I'm way crazier than that, mister. (laughs) Dude, you can go to a butcher and be like, can I get a bucket of cow's blood? And a liver. I'm sure it'll be like six dollars and 50 cents i gotta i gotta pretend it's a sponge and Mm. put it all over my body (laughs) to protect from nazi ufos Uh, look we we've got a lot of lady listeners i'm gonna throw this out there yeah ladies head to your local butcher Uh get a cow's liver Uh use that as your new loofah you're gonna Mm -hmm. have the most subtle subtle skin your skin's gonna be subtle subtle it's gonna sneak into how do we say it supple supple yeah you're gonna have the softest skin (laughs) quit with those like Weird mineral blocks you like shave yeah. your foot feet with, and the charcoal mm-hmm. stuff. Mm, get the goddamn cow's liver. Go get a cow liver and a bucket of blood from local butcher. <laughs> it's all natural and organic too. All organic. Mm-hmm. I know I mean, it. it. It's not cruelty free, but cruelty intensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cruelty heavy. <laughs> Now, after his arrest, the cops had confiscated all of his weapons because he didn't have any of the proper documentation. (laughs) Good. But with so many unseen forces constantly after Richard, in his mind, he needed to have a gun. Mm -hmm. So on December 2nd, 1977, he would purchase a new semi-automatic 22 pistol, which he would actually register under under his name, which will be very important later on. Wow. He actually... 
actually registered as kill gun. I like when I was reading this in the book, I was shocked yeah. they made him do this. That's they nuts. like made him like have a waiting period and everything. Wow. You, I mean, clearly there wasn't any background checks or anything, but uh, at least it was. They, they got him the, on a list. That's the thing with the waiting period is like it's supposed to be a cool down period mm-hmm. too, mm. so that if you're trying to buy a gun and kill somebody, you you may think better of it in four weeks or something. That's what I've heard. That's oh, part yes, of the waiting yes, period. Yes, yes, because people do. I mean, we talk about serial killers a lot, but a lot of murders do happen in like heat of the moment oh it's mostly passion Mm -hmm. mostly passion murders Mm -hmm. once richard was back home he found a new outlet that would make it much easier to get his hands on dogs the impound yeah oh yeah no the pound (sighs) the pound sorry the pound pound. is where you take cars (laughs) well maybe they have dogs there too yeah they got junkyard dogs there For about $15, Richard could purchase himself a pair of dogs, oh, which he would obviously kill Butcher and it's consume It's the bunny ranch blood. all over yeah, again. It, why isn't the pound like being like, why are you buying so many dogs? Dude, they love it. They're like, now we don't have to gas this God. thing. God. With one of these dogs he bought, he would use his blender to grind up the organs, which created a slurry, and then he would drink that yeah. slurry. Mm-hmm. Oh, gross. I'm going to puke. <laughs> Oh, we've just getting started here. Oh, boy. (laughs) Now, Richard decided that even though the tiny animals would get him by in terms of consuming life essence, in his mind, after killing the cow, it gave him such a rush that made him feel so strong and powerful. He couldn't he couldn't just stop there. He had to he had to consume the ultimate source of life essence in the form of human beings. Or perhaps it was just because. He was getting to the point where he liked killing things, you know, column killing a, column humans. B. Mm. But I think, uh, I think, yeah, you're gonna get to a point if you like killing, where you're gonna want to kill the something that can thing. kill you back, right? Or you know, have that power. But Jesus, it definitely could be the life essence as well. This is where I talked about in the beginning. I almost think it's like the two paths kind of meeting together perfectly, like the mental illness and the fact that he had all the serial killer tendencies and they're just kind of like this perfect combination to create Richard Chase. For once, I don't believe him when, or I don't not believe Mm. one of these guys when they say that he needed like the life essence from the blood. I think he was crazy enough to actually think that. (sighs) And he also, like you said, loved killing things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just a perfect storm, I guess. Mm. On December 27, 1977, he would see his first opportunity to commit murder, added to the fact that he needed to act fast because every second he waited in his mind, his heart was continuing to shrink. Right. Now, Richard was quite fond of just driving around the neighborhood watching people through their windows. This is when he spotted a young woman standing in front of her bay window. Seeing seeing this as the perfect opportunity, he pulled out his twenty-two and fired a shot right at her. Thankfully, it missed, but it would shatter the window in the process and lodge the bullet into a wooden door frame within the house. The police naturally were contacted, but they weren't exactly sure what to make of the random shooting, but they did discover the bullet that was lodged in the door. Perfect. Which will make it easy for them to connect the dots back to Richard Chase once it's registered he registered right to his name, mm-hmm. yeah. But you do need the firearm, so he needs to fuck up and get caught. Unfortunately, there is uh, six people who have to die before that point, but... Uh, 
At least they know it was him. At least the magic bullet is right there, yeah. And as we always say, escalation. This was the first giant step into murdering someone, so mm. there is no turning back for him. Mm. According- Foot on the pedal. Right. According to Ryan Green, the corresponding event was one of the main reasons given by Richard that triggered him into seeking out someone to kill again. His reason was because Richard's sister, Pamela, was coming back into town for Christmas, but had made one stipulation for her coming to visit. And that was that Richard was not allowed to be at his mother's house, Mm. which made Richard feel exceedingly betrayed by his family. As with most serial killers, once their rage is fueled, they seek out someone to take their personal aggressions on. Mm -hmm. Richard drove around for quite some time looking for someone to shoot, but couldn't find the perfect shot anywhere. At least until he came upon 51-year-old Ambrose Griffin. Ambrose was just simply carrying groceries into his home when Richard, while just sitting in his car, pointed his gun and shot Ambrose, killing him instantly. Wow. Killing him instantly. They said he, he just dropped to the ground. He was dead. Was We're gonna, one shot? I guess. it's Richard, like, dude, all the people he's about to murder, um, every single one seems to be dead almost instantly. Wow. I don't know if he's- <laughs> He hits he's the like, off button with that tiny little twenty-two. I get Like, he's literally fucking Will Smith from Suicide Squad. I don't know. Yeah, dead shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's like- None of these victims ever are the actual target. Like, that's just his mom he's seeing or his sister. Right, right. It's so unfortunate that this guy was just hauling in groceries and Mm. this guy killed his mother by killing him. This, Yeah, this is the first one where he just, like, kind of shot him and then just drove off. So this is the, uh, this is the... This is the kill. This is number one. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm positive this is like he felt like he really liked it. And then obviously it's going to get very gruesome in a minute here. When the police arrived on scene, they were, again, perplexed by the ram- randomness of the shooting. It didn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it. The only clue they had to go off was the single twenty-two caliber bullet. They would receive calls from residents claiming they had seen someone wandering the streets with a 22 caliber rifle. They would end up arresting someone who was simply squirrel hunting, but w- yeah. but he would be released uh, after it became very apparent the ballistics were drastically different. As soon as the pa- as soon as the uh, panic hits the neighborhood, you're gonna everything's gonna be reported. This just kept reminding me of like there's a serial killer in Iowa and they arrest Josh because he is just squirrel hunting <laughs> and because he's so careless about carrying his gun yeah. down with him down the street. He's just walking around <laughs> yeah. trying to help the local wreck. Population. <laughs> Once the police finally captured Richard Chase in the in the near future, they will discover that he had purchased the, a copy of the Sacramento Bee that covered the murder of Ambrose Griffin. While the rest of Richard's apartment was completely gross and disheveled, the particular page detailing the shooting was kept in pristine condition. That was his trophy. That was one million percent his fucking trophy. Yeah. yeah. So that's can, and this is going to be the kill that he'll measure up his other kills against mm-hmm. to it, see if they make him come as much. It's uh, just think about how dirty and stinky he is. How the fuck did he manage to keep that clean? I and don't blood know. Covered. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a blood covered, <laughs> gross little gremlin. <laughs> 
Now, after the murder of Ambrose, Richard decided for some unknown reason that driving around just wasn't his thing anymore and instead would take to creeping around on foot, which included walking all through people's yards without a care in the world. This would ultimately lead to a couple interactions with people I'd imagine Richard Chase viewed as potential murder victims. The first incident occurred on January 11, 1978, when Richard bumped into one of his neighbors by the name of Dawn Larson, who was returning home from her night shift. Richard approached her in the hall of their apartment complex and would politely demand that she give him a cigarette. That's how she deemed it. He politely demanded it. Yikes. You will please give me a cigarette, Mm -hmm. please. Give me a cigarette. Please. Please. (laughs) (laughs) When Richard had approached her, Dawn was somewhat backed into a corner within the hall of the apartment complex, and in a panic, she gave him the entire pack of cigarettes. Yeah. According to Don, his eyes were just kind of roaming around and zooming all over the place. After getting his cigarettes, he then started to reach his hand out towards her breast, but the sounds of approaching footsteps ended up scaring him away. Wow. Again, there comes the breast grabbing thing. So he's seeing goddamn demons Mm. all over the place, and and he's also compelled to grab breasts. Mm Mm-hmm. Both these people we're about to hear about, his eyes, they say they just keep kind of like darting like all over the place. Like, I don't know. That is so creepy, dude. I wonder what he's keeping his eye on. Well, he thinks the Nazis are after him. Like, he's big on the Nazis are after him. Man. The UFOs. He's like 30 years too late, (laughs) man. Those guys are old news. Man, if the History Channel hired him, man, he could have had the best show on there. No doubt. (laughs) The second involved. The second event involved an old classmate of Richard's by the name of Nancy Holden. She was driving down the road when she noticed Richard Chase was walking down the street. Wanting to see what he'd been up to, Nancy pulled over and started to beckon him over. Richard approached the car and the two chatted for a little bit, although it became quickly apparent that it was very difficult to hold down a conversation with Richard Chase. (laughs) He's looking for Nazis. He can't be talking. (laughs) That's what she said. Once again, his eyes were zipping back and forth all over the place. Richard eventually started to beg Nancy to give him a ride home, Mm. but something just didn't feel right in Nancy's head about having him in the car. Smart. So after Nancy told him no... Richard lost his temper, which really solidified the fact that she wasn't going to allow him in the car. So Nancy just drove off, leaving Richard standing there on the side of the road alone. So smart. Right. After his encounter with Nancy, Richard would just continue walking around the neighborhood aimlessly. You see, Richard had again gone back to one of his old habits of walking onto people's properties uninvited. (laughs) If the door was unlocked... He would just let himself in. If the door was locked, he would continue looking for another unlocked door. So, yeah. this He is, did this in high school. Remember yep. stealing booze? He's and just back at it. This is the most... And Iconic. people were so asshole-ish back mm. then about leaving their fucking doors mm. open, Cody. <laughs> you don't... Lock your doors, lock please. Lock every door you can. I don't care where you live. Lock the fucking door. Lock it. And if there's two locks, lock them both. <laughs> and if there's three, lock three of them. And hug your gun and, mm. and pray to the Constitution or whatever you do. Or keep like a bunch No, but of- lock your door. The last <laughs> part was a joke. 
Or, like, keep a shitload of juicy juice boxes and, like, put masking tape over them and just write life essence so in case he comes there, you can just give him a juicy juice. He'll be on his way and there. Fuck yeah. And then he'll drink <laughs> it and be like, oh, I just needed vitamin C this fuck. whole time. You got any of those Capri Sun life, mm. life essences? Mm. I could use one of them. I want to turn into the Terminator, like in the commercial, <laughs> and fucking turn into liquid you metal. Turn into liquid metal. <laughs> Go skateboarding around. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and finally, Richard Chase would find exactly what he was looking for. Whether this was the first time he would do this outside of when he was younger, or whether this was the first time someone caught him in the act, we don't know. I mean, getting into someone's house. Sure. After Richard entered the house, he noticed that nobody was home at the moment, so he went from room to room, searching all about, rummaging through all of their stuff, tossing it all around, until he came upon the little baby's room. For some reason, Richard decided to take a huge dump right in the in the baby's crib mm. and wipe his ass with a little patchwork blanket. And there was no baby in it, right? There was no baby good, in it. Good, good. He opened all the dresser drawers in the room and pissed all over the kids' clothing. Mm. Shortly after he had done all of that, the family just so happened to return home, and it was very, very apparent to them that someone had broken into their property because of all of the mess he created. Yeah, because there's a big poop in the crib. Oh, they didn't see that yet. They just noticed all the drawers in the house like opened up and thrown like literally when you see like a geico commercial of them robbing the house throwing shit everywhere that's what he was doing (laughs) i don't know what he was looking for but that's what he was doing although they didn't realize it quite yet richard chase was still in the house oh fuck (sighs) the father began to search through the home for an impossible intruder he then stumbled upon richard (laughs) and immediately punched richard directly in the face which knocked him to the floor The dad was trying to wrangle Richard, but Richard Chase could be described as a bit slippery. This is the thing, Cody. Mm -hmm. Don't throw one punch. Throw two. Multiples. You don't stop until they're not moving. Don't try and wrangle. Don't try and bargain. Mm. You just hit them until they're not moving (laughs) Until their heads caved in. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Just keep throwing punches. Eventually, Richard was crawling at all fours throughout the house until he reached the back door. He hopped to his feet. And quickly scampered outside. It's funny, he kind of like is is literally like the guy from Split, doesn't he? Like run around on yes, all fours. Yes, <laughs> maybe he is the original beast. To be honest with you, <sighs> again the cops would be called, but they didn't really know what to make of the break in. Yeah, they just basically would tell the f- family to contact them if they noticed anything else suspicious. After the break-in back at Richard's apartment complex, Don Larson, who had a terrifying run-in with Richard, would take notice that he was bringing into his apartment three new dogs. Mm. Now, I can only imagine it probably wasn't that abnormal for neighbors to witness him bringing animals in. I would just assume. I don't really know. Unless he does it at certain times when he knows there won't be people. True. We don't really know a time frame of like when he broke into the people's house, but I'm assuming it was during the middle of the day if they just happen to be coming home. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, but what we do know with one of these three dogs or maybe two of the dogs, after he murdered them, he took the bodies and just dumped them in the front yards of the people he purchased them from. Now, you would think those people who he had gotten the dog from would maybe call somebody and tell who they sold them, right? Wouldn't you think that? Yeah. If yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't want to 
blame them, but it's if just If it shows like, up murdered, yeah. Yeah, in your front fucking yard, like, mangled and shit, I feel like you'd call somebody. I, I would don't hope know. so. I don't know how you would just sweep that up and move <laughs> about your day. Maybe Beatrice just came and buried it in their backyard for him. I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> She's just the like, roses look really good a, right We now. got a pet cemetery in my backyard. You don't <laughs> want to go down that road. <laughs> Thanks, Beatrice. <laughs> now, roughly about a month after his first murder, Richard Chase found himself his next victim. It was January 23rd, 1978, when Richard was walking down the street and he crossed paths with a young lady by the name of Teresa Wallen. At the time, Teresa lived at 2630 Tioga, I'm assuming it's Tioga Way, with her husband and was currently three months pregnant. Mm. Now, Richard initially noticed Teresa because she was taking out the trash. Mm. While she was throwing the plastic bag in the trash bin, Richard snuck inside her house without her ever noticing. Once Teresa was inside her home, she would come face to face with Richard Chase standing in her hallway. Before she could really do or say anything outside of attempting to lift her hands, Richard fired two shots. The first one hit her in the left hand, and the second one hit her right in the forehead. She was dead almost instantly. Once her body hit the floor, Richard approached her lifeless body, pressed the gun against her temple, and fired. Richard Green, I don't know if I believe this or not, claims that Richard said he had an orgasm at this point, which these Uh, people do, right? that sounds like a George Washington Carver. (laughs) Addition to his story here. (laughs) Serial killers do this, though. Come in their pants. We all know this. Right at the, like, it's everything's too lined up. He didn't write that there was a musical (laughs) swell at that point, but he wanted to. It could. That's why I'm crediting him, because I don't necessarily, when I credit him, it's, I don't necessarily believe it. So. I'm putting it on him. Oh, that's just brutal. She was already super dead. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do that. Richard then grabbed Teresa's body, dragged it into the bedroom, and removed all of her clothing. He then went into the kitchen and grabbed an empty yogurt container, a large butcher knife, and a mop bucket from under the sink. He would return to the bedroom take the butcher knife, and cut off her left nipple. Mm. As the blood flowed out, he poured it right into his yogurt container and ch- and then proceeded to chug it. Mm-hmm. He then made a large incision in her abdomen, tipped her body to its side, and let all the blood drain into the mop bucket. Again, according to Ryan Green, while the blood was draining, he was sticking his fingers in both her anus and vaginal cavities. So I don't know if I can confirm that, but that's what the author said. After all the blood was mostly drained, he cut into her organs, pushing them around with his hands, then removed her kidneys and a piece of her small intestine, which he would then immediately consume raw. He would take the bucket of blood into the shower and pour it all over himself. Mm. He then picked up the nipple he had removed and chewed on it as he headed out into the backyard. Once he was outside, he picked up a large clump of dog poop that was lying on the ground, went back into the house, pushed it into Teresa's mouth, and pushed it even deeper into her throat, wiping the rest of the poop on the pillow. Richard Chase, covered completely in blood, just walked right out the front door and made his way home, completely unseen by anybody. I don't even know how that's possible. I guess it was just kind of a mind your business, honey, type of. No, time. I don't know. Like he was a red man. Like 
What not on the earth? racist kind? No, no. no okay, I was, well, I was thinking say... like a blue man, but red. Mm, okay. That's what he had to have looked like, mm, right? Right. I mean, I guess he'd be brown. When you put everyone's bl- yeah, like maroon man. Yeah, once the iron dries or, or yeah. you, the iron comes out of it. But yeah. like, how does nobody notice a weird man with blood covering I his whole know. body? That's a fucking horror yeah. show. Oof. When Teresa's husband, David, returned home, he walked into what had to be one of the worst things a human being could ever witness. The neighbors would actually be the ones to contact the police after they heard David screaming from inside of his house. That's so sad. After the police scoured over the scene, they would recover the bullets that matched those that killed Ambrose Griffin. That's the worst thing I've ever heard, I think, by the way. Yeah, it's... That's pretty terrible. uh, The second one's worse i think so we just got to get through this and then yeah it's it'll come quick i promise but it's right. so it's I, it's I said this in part one this is some of the worst shit you're ever gonna hear oh, you're absolutely right you did you, you're <sighs> absolutely right that's awful that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a that's awful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but anyway the police recovered the 22 shells that matched the ballistics that killed ambrose griffin and the random shooting Additionally, Richard Chase's fingerprints were all over the crime scene, so whenever they actually locate the murderer, they're going to at least have an overwhelming amount of evidence against him. Yeah. His fingerprints are regular. They're Mm -hmm. in blood. They're Mm -hmm. in poop. They are in every material you can think of. If they had DNA, he would have been caught pretty rapidly here, but sadly, that's we got to wait for OJ to come around before that's a thing. It would be a mere four days before Richard Chase would strike again. Wow. On January 27th, 1978, Richard Chase would stumble upon the unlocked door at 3207 Marywood Drive. At the house, when Richard made his way inside, was 38-year-old Evelyn Miroth, her 6-year-old son Jason Miroth, her 22-month-old nephew David, and the neighbor Dan Meredith, who was helping watch the kids while Evelyn took a bath. After Richard entered, Dan got out of his chair to see who had entered the home. As he approached the front door, he spotted a strange man standing there. (laughs) Within an instant, Richard Chase aimed the gun at Dan and pulled the trigger, striking Dan in the head, killing him instantly. Wow. Before proceeding forward, Richard made sure to steal Dan's wallet from his back pocket. Again, this just seems so weird. Why would he do that? I don't know. Why is he looting people? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Anyway... He then heard little Jason scream and chase after him, shooting the 22-month-old David in the head as he passed through through the room. Mm. Fuck. He chased Jason into Evelyn's bedroom, and while Jason was cowering in the corner, Richard fired two shots directly in the back of Jason's head. After murdering Jason, Richard then burst into the bedroom and spotted Evelyn sitting in the bathtub. Again, he quickly pointed his gun at her head and pulled the trigger, killing her instantly. After he didn't hear any other noises about in the house, he would drag Evelyn's body into the bedroom, tossing her face down onto the bed. All right, everyone brace yourself. Richard then cut an incision in her neck and began sucking the blood right out of it. When that wound stopped bleeding... He turned her head and made another incision on her neck and began sucking blood out of that one. He then took his pants off and penetrated Evelyn's anus all while sucking blood from her neck. He would continue this process multiple times, making different incisions, sucking the blood out. All right. 
After he finished, he would flip her body over, make a deep cut into her anus, and start cutting her from her breastbone to her pubis. With a mixing bowl from the kitchen in hand, he collected all the blood and continued to consume it. He would take some Tupperware containers from the kitchen and place her heart, liver, and small intestines inside of them for later consumption. He tried to take her lungs as well, but decided they weren't what he wanted. Finally, he would put the remains of baby David's body in a cardboard box. At some point, while doing all his mutilations, he started to hear knocking at the front door. In a panic, Richard would take the car keys that were in Dan Meredith's pocket, planning to use them to make his escape. But who was knocking at the front door? Well, it was the six-year-old neighbor girl who was looking who was looking for Jason because they had made a play date. Yeah. Thankfully, nobody answered, so she would return home to tell her parents. Oh, good. After the knocking subsided, Richard Chase ran outside with his containers of organs and baby David's body, got in a dance car, and drove off. Eventually, the neighbors would contact the police, who would arrive on the scene and lay witness to untold horrors. Once again, the ballistics would match the same 22 bullets as the ones that had murdered Ambrose and Teresa. Figuring out that they had a mass murderer on their hands now, they would call in help from the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit to help build a profile of the murderer. The FBI had given the police this profile of the killer. White male, age 25 to 27. Thin, undernourished appearance, single. Living alone in a location within one mile of an abandoned station wagon owned by one of the victims. Residents will be extremely slovenly and unkempt, and evidence of the crimes will be found at the residence. Suspect will have a history of mental illness and use drugs. Suspect will be an unemployed loner who does not associate with either males or females, and will probably spend a great deal of time in his residence. If he resides with anyone, it will be his parents... However, this is unlikely. Suspect will have no prior military history, will be a high school or college dropout, and probably suffers from one or more forms of paranoid psychosis. Is that not hitting him basically right on the fucking head? That's like they almost know who he is. That's what I thought what at first. What the fuck? I was like, they know everything about him. How did they? I don't I. I found that description online. I'm like, holy shit, how the fuck did they know all that? That's 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 our boy. But uh, I think there's a big notion that the they built a profile, but it's really the police who capture them. It's not like sure. the FBI's That's doing how it, it that's always just, is. Yeah, but they did, obviously, because he became kind of a so famous, like the, the FBI guys really like, you know, were stepped in to mm-hmm. credit or whatever. Now, at the time, they thought that baby David might still be alive because they did not have his body yet. While the manhunt was going on for David, they actually would knock on Richard Chase's door. What? But because he didn't answer, they just moved on to the next apartment. Oh. Little did they know what Richard was actually doing inside that apartment. Oh, they knocked on it while he was in there. Yes. Oh, boy. But he's so paranoid, he's not going to answer the door. No, he knows, I, He probably knows exactly that and they're looking. And if it's the cops, too. Yeah, mm. I mean, <clears throat> this is pretty bad, so brace yourself here. Richard Chase apparently had stocked up his fridge with Evelyn's organs he had taken, 
Additionally, this is what Ryan Green said. I hadn't heard this anywhere else. Additionally, he had taken the top off of David's head and was consuming his brains. Richard would also sever the penis of David and use it as a straw to suck up blood. That is horrific. What the fuck? That is what... I don't, again, maybe Ryan Green's adding flair, but I'm just like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. What on earth? I... (laughs) I don't, he's so, like, he's just so, such a bad man. I don't even know what the fuck to make of this. Like, it's literally, sounds like something out of, like, a book, right? Yes. I I guess it technically is out of a book. Well, this sounds um, like a fiction. Yeah. But I I don't not believe it. Yeah, it's, anyway, what do you think it is that's finally going to bring the police to Richard Chase's front door once again? Ironically... It was Nancy Holden, the ex-classmate of Richard's she talked to on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. After Nancy Holden heard about the murders, she quickly contacted the police and informed them about her weird encounter with Richard Chase, which placed him around the general area of all the murders. Now... There was a big thing about apparently old people were just like calling the cops on every hippie thing they saw yeah. walk down the road, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But for some reason, Richard Chase like stuck out to the cops. Uh, after the police, yeah, I, can, I mean, you know, his eyes were probably zooming around the fucking world. Would the, but it's she just told him like about their weird interaction, like nothing outside of that. But they're like, eh, maybe we should check on him. This guy is um, giving off a fucking vibe. <laughs> Like, technically, you would probably have the cops call on you right now with how your hair is. Yeah, my Jesus hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After the police looked a little further into Richard Chase, they found out that he had a twenty-two caliber pistol registered Mm -hmm. to his name. (laughs) While this isn't an ironclad reason to make him the murderer, at least, at the very least, perhaps they should have a little chat with him. So they returned to his apartment and knocked on the front door again, but Richard, again, wouldn't answer but they could definitely tell someone was inside that apartment from all the noise they could hear coming from the inside. Sure. I bet he was up to no good while, oh. uh, while they were well, standing right outside. Okay, if he's really in this, like, manic frenzy or whatever, like, I would imagine if someone's knocking at the door, he's, like, freaking the fuck out. Like Pacing he, at the very yeah, least. Yeah, like, he thinks the UFO Nazis are getting him oh, or yeah. whatever. I don't, whatever he thinks going on. And outside. this is, like, the second time today that somebody's been knocking at his door. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know GTA Five when you do the, the fucking, like, pothead quest? And all of a sudden, he was shooting aliens with the, like, chain gun. Do you think that's, like, Richard Chase 24-7? That's his reality. That's, like, his mini game. (laughs) (laughs) So, because he wouldn't answer, they decided to wait around the corner in the apartment complex and just wait him out until he emerged. Within a few hours, they heard the door unlock, and Richard made his way outside the front door. He was immediately tackled and dropped <laughs> the blood-stained cardboard box he was carrying, Fuck. which also contained his twenty-two pistol that fell onto the floor. Uh. Now, after the police got a whiff of the inside of Richard's apartment, now that the door was open, mm. it was very clearly... The smell of death. Fuck me. How that didn't come out before, like, did the 70s just stink that bad? I don't... (laughs) Or maybe 70s apartment construction was smell-proof. That bad. Probably all the weed smoke and always... Holy shit, that is... Couldn't smell the dead bodies. Uh, Anyway... Richard obviously would be promptly arrested. Upon investigation of the apartment, blood-coated 
every single surface inside. Oh. The fridge contained the organs from Evelyn, <laughs> saw, some of the brains from David, Fuck. as well as slabs of meat, presumably from the dogs that he had murdered. Interestingly, on the kitchen table were notes Richard had written and some random medical textbook pages that they believed he was studying and trying to learn how to dissect corpses. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's something. It was his own little uh, project, I guess. Uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. He's like, if I'm going to do this, I might as well do it correctly. Mm Mm-hmm. Once he was in custody, Richard really wasn't saying much, and anything he did say was basically indecipherable nonsense. So psychiatrists were brought in, which would get Richard finally talking. And for the simple fact that they were able to get him to start talking, they determined Richard Chase was competent to stand trial. Mm -hmm. That's all it took. Mm. Because they were able to get him uh, politely conversing. (laughs) Yeah. Which is even wilder to think about because during his chats with the psychiatrist, Richard used the excuse that there was some big conspiracy against him. (laughs) And if his lawyer would just get all the documents from his apartment, the judge would completely understand that he was actually the victim in this scenario. Richard, there's no documents. It's just boxes of organs and blood. This is literally Mel Gibson from Conspiracy Theory. Do you remember that movie? Yes, yes. Holy shit. Can you imagine if what's Julia Roberts went into his apartment and there's just like organs in his fridge? Jesus Christ, Richard, those are not documents. (laughs) Those are livers. But the thing is, is like... Clearly, there's something not right upstairs. Yes, he like, is what not. The fuck? By, 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 like, the standard, mm-hmm. he is not competent. <laughs> they would eventually figure out the exact medication that Richard was taking before his mother removed him from the hospital, which would bring his mania back under control, which in turn gave Richard enough of his rational self back to fully admit to killing these people. His trial would begin on January 2nd, 1979, and lasted about four months. Uh, That's pretty open and shut. Yeah. Now, it didn't seem like his lawyer did a very good job presenting his plea of not guilty by reason of insanity because he couldn't find a single psychiatrist to report that Richard wasn't in his right mind at the time of the murders. Hmm. So his lawyer instead tried to lean on all of Richard's history dealing with mental illness, including all the time he had spent in a mental hospital. Yeah, that almost sounds like a conspiracy against him. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it because does, right? He, because anybody, including... If you spend time in a mental hospital, like, mm-hmm. what the hell are you talking about? Imagine this year's mental hospital, too, this decade's mental yeah. hospital. They're not... Uh, Dixon, or Nixon had took away their funding. They yes. were just like... Bare bones. Yeah, not great. They were just keeping them out of the public eye Mm -hmm. is basically all it was. It wasn't good treatment. Now, the prosecutor's experts brought up Richard Chase's obsession with killing things and the fact that most schizophrenics don't pose a danger to others, which is basically all it took to put the final nails in Richard Chase's coffin. On May 8th, 1979, after five hours of deliberation, he was convicted of six counts of first-degree murder, which included the death penalty. Richard Chase would be imprisoned at San Quentin. And this is, what is it called? Ah, uh, uh, hustle, ear hustle, ear hustle, right yeah. there. I love that fucking what show. If, what if that? I wonder if that guy knew Richard Chase. Was he in there since the seventies? God, he was in there a long time. Yeah. 
I know he's seen, he has seen or knows a lot of those knuckleheads. Oh, I, I bet he was on Death Row, so he's in that the, area. The secret yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> Now, as no surprise, Richard found out he wasn't exactly very popular with the other inmates, although most of the inmates were slightly afraid of him. So in groups, they would berate and tell him that he should go ahead and just go kill himself for what he had done. Yikes. Uh, Richard's mental illness was under control through the trial. But while he was at San Quentin, he was expected to administer his own medication. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because of this, he would stop taking them, and he pretty quickly went right off the edge again. Yeah. It should be, somebody should be coming around to his room with the pills and a little cup. I just don't think they gave enough fucks to, like, make sure the prisoners are taking them, I guess. So they were just like, here's your pill bottle. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you take them. mm Mm-hmm. Because of this, he would be transferred to Vacaville State Hospital for a brief time. After they got him on antidepressants again and his mental state started to even out, they quickly transferred him back to San Quentin, assuming his manic episodes were simply from the stress of prison. Ah. As no surprise, after he was back at San Quentin, the same scenario played out again, and this time when he went off the rails, they just let him be. Who's more insane, the system or him? Because <laughs> they they really are just hitting the rewind button and just playing the tape over and over again. I, I don't, I don't, I kind of, like, I'm kind of, obviously, like you mentioned, the, his murders, like, literally make you sick, right? Yeah. Like, they're just so... He's, it's irredeemable, like, he's a broken man, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and and you, it almost seems like they just convicted him of those just to make an example of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like not really trying to actually, I mean, he should be in prison obviously, yes. but let's at least make sure he's taking his pills. Like right? medical prison. Yeah. yeah. FBI agent Robert Ressler would visit Richard Chase frequently to study him for the behavioral science program. Robert Ressler would remember as his time with Richard progressed, the worse and worse Richard's mental state started getting. Richard became more, and more convinced that the prison staff was gassing and or poisoning him. Also, those pesky Nazis were continuously after him. Damn, even inside. Well, I suppose the Aryan Brotherhood. (laughs) I guess technically they were, right? But he's basically just saying, like, when he first met Richard, you could kind of talk with him, but... After, like, they just didn't weren't watching him take his pills and shit. Like, it's just like this cliff. It's just sure. sheer cliff down. Absolutely. Like he... And that's what happens if you're on, like, hardcore antidepressants mm. or psychotics and mm. you stop taking them. Mm. You're going to just go directly back to where you were. So the rate the relationship would end between Robert Ressler and Richard Chase when Richard took out a bunch of macaroni and cheese that he had stuffed into his pockets and demanded that Robert test it to make sure it wasn't poisoned. Wow. Robert said no, so things started to get heated between the two of them, and that basically put an end to their meetings permanently because I guess Richard was getting just too violent. Sure. And 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 delusional. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I can't take your pocket macaroni <laughs> back to the lab. Okay, would you try it if it was craft dinner? Uh, from Maybe. Richard Chase's pocket? No. <laughs> Maybe. No. Probably had like poop stains all oh, over it. Oh, God. <laughs> After this, Richard started to stockpile his antidepressants over the course of three weeks. On the morning of December 26, 1980, Richard took all of his stockpiled antidepressants at once, and his lifeless body would be discovered by a correctional officer. They would find a few Richard Chase-style suicide notes in the mattress, 
One just said that he'd planned to kill himself with stockpile pills, and the other one contained a bunch of weird symbols which formed a cryptographic puzzle. Wow. Nobody knows what that is about, but only something in Richard Chase's head, some sort of puzzle there. They put it on the back of Cheerio boxes today. <laughs> Solve this, kids. Yeah. You get a little prize then. <laughs> After, after his death, an autopsy was performed. They would find no abnormalities in his brains, organ, or body that would explain his madness. Richard Chase is still, to this day, viewed as the most poignant example of a disorganized killer and is used in the FBI's behavioral science training programs. So... I guess, I don't know, I guess in the end they've kind of figured out his type of killer. Um, but uh, Richard Chase, I think in my mind, is such a weird thing because you you read about it and it just seems just so tragic. And then you hear the murders and the killing of all the little animals and it's just like, ah, it's like a it, you feel as twisted as he does in your mind. That's how I feel. He was born to fail, and he didn't mm. do himself any favors. No, no, absolutely not. But, okay, if you're that manic and paranoid, can you help yourself? I don't think so. I just, you, I don't think you can. No, there's no way. you can, Especially if you're trying to muscle mm. through it mm -hmm. when you're supposed to be on the drugs, but you're not on the drugs, mm. you're, you're not going to have good results. Yeah, it's... Uh, but uh, I, you guys couldn't see it, but I could see Adam's face during when we were talking about that. He just looked Whew. grossed out. I was turning white. I mm, think mm. I do. I, I had got, an upset stomach from the lift I on the way over. I was going to say and... you, you got sick from coming over here, and you're probably going to get sick leaving here. God so damn. there you go. You got the whole trifecta. You got the double whammy. Absolutely brutal, mm. but an absolutely great story. Mm. Tragic as all get out. Mm. Nobody involved wins. No, absolutely not. Certainly Absolutely not, Absolutely not. And, I mean, it just goes to show uh, they clearly weren't watching him take his meds if he was stockpiling them for yeah. three weeks. Yeah. They, they clearly didn't give a shit at all. So. Wow. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Richard Chase, one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard. That's Dick Chase right <clears> there. <throat> yeah, I... Is that the most disgusting murders you we've heard on the show? Yeah, I've I've never heard anything worse than that. No, it's 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 disgusting. It's Junko just, was pretty bad. Oh pretty yes, bad. yes, yes. That okay. I I forget about that one. That one might be the golden tier. That is insane torture. Yeah, Junko was pretty bad. Yeah. But this is, I mean. This is anger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is it's, some uh, kind of strange anger that would possess yeah. someone to do that. If he didn't like sexually assault her body, I might have thought he was just strictly manic, you know, like manic doing it. But yeah. when he did that, I think then you're kind of like, well, there's some sort of something in there that like he knows what he's doing. Yes. Like, yeah. And with the anus too, mm -hmm. like that's got to say something. Mm -hmm. You're well, not even going for the vaginal. Okay. The author made it sound like he didn't know what he, which hole he was aiming for, but, uh, but yeah, it, either there's way a, it's disgusting. There's a difference between the two. <laughs> there is. That's just all there is to it. Clearly you uh, didn't wait to your wedding night to have sex on him. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this yeah. series. I did. I mm. thought it was great. Uh, mm. I learned a lot of things that I didn't know and that's what I'm looking for. Mm. So great I, job. Honestly, I did too because uh, that's what we do on this show. You do the legwork and then mm. you present it to the rest mm. of us in a, mm. a bite-sized hour and a half format. Hell yeah. 
Boy, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed it, send us a form submission on bumblebuttpodcast.com. It comes to us like an email. Yeah. Uh, we can read it, respond to it, and love each other. Uh, I don't know. Another thing you can do is go to Spotify and hit the follow button. That Hell is yeah. uh, Spotify Revolution Full Effect. If you're a real king, you'll uh, read us. Uh, you'll leave us a written five-star Apple review on yeah. Apple iTunes. Fuck yeah, you will. I Do, feel I feel like we got a... We definitely got new number Not ones. written. Yeah. Not written, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens. Yeah, so follow okay. us on Instagram at Bumblebutt Podcast, on Twitter at Bumblebutt Pod, and be a real star. Go to patreon.com slash Bumblebutt Podcast. Give at any level... You'll have access to Patreon thingies, mm-hmm. uh, exclusive episodes, I mean, not thingies. <laughs> and you'll also, if you're in the $15 tier, you'll get the Pokemon cards, which mm. this month's was Mucho Bueno. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much very good. good. Very, yeah. very good. And we got someone to thank here, Adam. Oh, yep. we have somebody to thank, do we? Hell yeah. We got to thank uh, Saya for increasing her pledge. Thank you so much. You'll be getting a, uh, a Pokemon card in the mail? Uh-huh. I mean, it's going uh, overseas. It'll take a little longer, but you will be getting it. And we also need to thank Nardog. Nardog. I Nardog. Think it's... Nardog. Okay, somebody told me that's an office reference, so... Oh, yeah, the Ber- the yeah. Uh, Andy Bernard. Mm-hmm. Nardog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess it was Bianca who mentioned that's the only person I talk to anymore. But, yeah, that uh, makes sense then. Yeah. <laughs> Nard Dog. I haven't watched enough Office to understand the references, but uh, you should because it is those good. two understand it. I know those two understand it. Mm, so perfect. yeah, thank you guys so much for joining our Patreon. We really appreciate it. We'll probably be getting back into an erotica here in the upcoming oh, weeks. Very soon. Mm-hmm. I think sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think we should yeah. do another one pretty soon. Yeah, we'll we'll go we'll go hunting on that uh, Amazon. Marketplace, a lot of hot books on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Angel Fire style websites where, where I'll hope to find more erotica. That's where the best erotica is. Certainly. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if it's your birthday, happy birthday. Uh, Cody, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, Adam. My name's been Adam. Everybody, have a nice weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. <laughs>